So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode two of season two, Love During Walk-Up. On this episode, Justine and Michael tell his family that they are getting married tomorrow. Melissa stops by Louie's high school home. Chelsea finds out Mike had a mini stroke. Ty goes wedding dress shopping. And we meet Mark, a supposed rich guy dating Cinceray, and Jessica, former nurse at a corrections facility, and her partner Dustin, who is 16 years younger than her. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK. Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? Uh, things are okay. We're recording on a Sunday morning, which means it's <laughs> the night after crazy Halloween weekend party night. <laughs> yeah, well, I have dad Halloween, which means last night was not crazy party night for me. And tomorrow is uh, trick-or-treating night. So that's what that's what we're doing. To, that's what I've got going on, which is why yeah. we're recording on Sunday instead of Monday. Yes, although we may release still on Monday. Who yeah, knows? probably will. I'm not going to – I don't know that I want to – put this together today so you know same thing for everybody else right okay well let's go ahead and get started um why don't we get started with a new couple so uh, jessica 44 is from jacksonville florida she's a nurse who has worked in correction facilities for over 10 years she considers herself the life of the party and so much fun Jessica is hanging out with a friend on the beach and talking about working in a corrections facility. Her friends asks her if she is sure about her relationship with Dustin, 27, considering how many times she has seen reoffenders because Justin is an inmate. Jessica was married for 15 years and got divorced, and then her second husband cheated on her after a few months, so there's another divorce. Jessica met her inmate at work. It took just a look that sold them. Jessica wasn't sure if he was even interested in her, but she quit her job so she could pursue a relationship with Dustin. The DOC doesn't like that she worked in corrections, so they are intentionally not approving Jessica, which I'm not really sure what that meant, and keeping Dustin on lockdown for 23 out of the 24 hours. Dustin has been trying to lock it down with Jessica by talking about marriage with her. Her friend points out that Jessica has kids and what's going to happen when Dustin gets out and wilds out. Jessica's daughter, Bailey, doesn't approve of their relationship, but Jessica thinks it's just, you know, takes some time to get used to. Jessica is later shopping with another friend, Nicole, for an alternative engagement ring to replace her paperclip ring. Dustin had asked her to find the closest paperclip and wrap it around her finger when he asked her to marry him over the phone. Jessica then reveals to the jeweler her dramatic tattoo of Dustin's last name across her lower stomach. Nicole, her friend, is confused why the relationship is moving so fast when he's in prison. Later, Jessica talks, uh, takes her daughter Bailey, 17, out to dinner. Bailey asks her about Dustin. When Dustin gets out, he has no probation, but Bailey asks what she would do if he had to go back to prison. Jessica doesn't think he would screw up his freedom, especially because now he has something to lose. Dustin is planning to go to Tennessee when he gets out, and Jessica wants to move, too with Bailey, and Bailey's just not about it. Even though Bailey's homeschooled, which has lent itself to pronouncing things like entry instead of entree, she is graduating soon and wants to start her life in Florida. 
Bailey asks why Dustin can't just move to Florida instead, but it was actually Jessica's idea for them to all move to Tennessee so he could be near his family and his support system. Jessica used to be close to her mom and sister who live nearby, but they were super judgmental about Jessica's relationship with Justin, so she doesn't talk to them anymore and doesn't feel a need to stay in Florida for them. Bailey says she will go uh, to Tennessee even though she thinks it's unfair and fast. Bailey wants to protect her mom if Dustin tries to hurt Jessica. All right, where do we even start with this? Um, Okay, what? Okay, let's start at the beginning. Do you think that you would quit your job for a chance with someone that you have zero idea if they even have interest in you? I mean, this is nuts, especially because not only did she quit her job for someone, she didn't really have any idea if he was feeling the same way, if they were vibing together, but also because... She quit her job because if she started dating him before she quit the job, she would get fired, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. You and I both work in a job where if we date someone at work, (laughs) we will get fired. (laughs) And so, like, in my head, I was just even going one step further. It's like, would I quit my job to chase after a high school senior? And the answer is, of course not. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's ridiculous. Right. Because it's like, um, it's a fireable offense because it is not right. Yes, because <laughs> it's be objectively that. wrong. It's right. bad and you shouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she just she clearly makes a lot of decisions. Um, the tattoo of being one of them. Oh, like, God, that was so bad and it, and like i didn't really understand what she was thinking like i don't know why he's not just satisfied with this tattoo like does she not want to wear a ring was that what she was trying to get at because she was showing the jeweler which i i thought that jeweler was great like he had such like high energy and mm-hmm. you know but it was just like she is oversharing and he was just like all for it like he's one of the friends well yeah that's what you got to be as a jeweler you got to be like yep yep you should that, that's <laughs> I don't know. We've seen other jewelers that give them suspicious looks like, all right, moving on. Too much information. Listen, this jeweler's in Jacksonville, Florida. He's 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 been there. He's seen it. Oh, yeah. He's seen more. (laughs) He's seen more. Right? But it's like we had this. We know she married somebody that she was only married to for nine months. Right? And granted, we don't – that's not her fault necessarily, but it was clearly a – uh, decision she says she shouldn't have made, right? Right. Well, and, I don't know if she's saying that, like, because there were red flags before they got married or if she looks back and is like, well, that should never have happened. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I don't know, the way, my impression with hearing what you hear, heard was that she was ignoring red flags and was like, should have sure. never done that. That was pretty obvious that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, like, also the part where you're a 44-year-old mom that described yourself as basically a frat boy with tits. Like, I feel like you're God. kind of mis- misleading, which I mean, believe because the first thing she, we saw her do was do shots of fireball on the beach when I was like, yes, that is that is extreme, frat, extremely <laughs> frat boy behavior. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's some people that are trying so hard to be like young and fun. And it's like, yeah. is this the reason why she's trying to date someone who's 16 years younger than her? Yeah, I believe that it is. And it's funny that... It's funny to me that 
we talked at the beginning, right? We talked at the beginning about like, you've been working in corrections for a long time. You've seen mm-hmm. how many repeat customers we have. Yeah. Like, you know how this works most of the right. time. But then at the end, when she's talking to her daughter, she's like, well, why would you throw that all away? He has something to stay for now. And it's like, but you've seen it happen over right. and over and over again. Like, Which is part of the reason why I think she's pushing for this move to Tennessee, right? Because a lot of people that are reoffending, it's because they don't have a support system, and I, I, you know, and quite honestly, I feel like there has to be a balance of support. Right. Like the people who are too babied, they get bored, you know, and they end up back. And then the people who don't have support turn to a lot of their old habits because it's just what they know. So I don't know. Right. And it's about it's about who supports you, right? It tends to be right. if you don't leave. Uh, geographically leave the location. The people that support you are the same people who got you in trouble in the first place, right? Yeah. Who were part, at least part of it. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. It, it Tennessee seems random because they, when you move, you don't move randomly. Just there's a reason they pick Tennessee, right? Well, because his parents are there or well, his well, there we mom. go. And so we yeah, have we have things already, right? There's family there. There's there's things there for him already, and that could be support or it could be a trigger. And you know, yeah, I don't I don't know which it is. Yeah, you know, honestly, I just uh, it to me, it doesn't matter where it's like if Jessica was just, you know, Jessica, move wherever the heck you want for someone else. But I think it's pretty messed up to move your kids somewhere for someone that you don't even know, especially when they don't really want to. You know, she will. And, you know, it just it kind of makes me wonder a little bit, you know, what like how the parenting relationship is considering that Bailey kind of seems more mature than her mom and, you know, feels the need to have to protect her mom. Yeah. I definitely had some doubt about her when she was talking about like me and my daughter are so close. And it was like so yeah, close that she doesn't know that you're thinking about moving to Tennessee. That's how close you are. Like that this didn't come up when it first was an idea. You know what I'm saying? Like if somebody who's truly close does that right. and like, I don't know how this is going to work because I don't know who's homeschooling her now. I assumed it hasn't been Jessica this whole time because she's had a job up until the past five months. Well, right? I mean, maybe. Who knows? But yeah, but that's the other thing. It's like, oh, my goodness. I'm always kind of suspicious of uh, like the parenting situation where it's like a single mom. Who's always saying like, oh, my daughter or my son is my best friend. And oh, it's right. like mm-hmm. the Gilmore girls, point, the Gilmore girls scenario. Yes. Right. And <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. And so that's why I say it's like usually daughters. But uh, yeah, definitely Gilmore girls. But to the point where it's like almost like you don't want your daughter to have other friends, which I feel like is part of the homeschool situation, right? Yeah, I was concerned about the homeschool situation with her. Like, I, I didn't know it was, you know, you never know what it is because a lot of times it's religious based and a lot yeah. of times it's saying, so it's it's never clear exactly what's going on. But, but I don't know. I feel like, like the reason why most people homeschool is like to, for whatever their reasons, to socially isolate their kids. Yeah. Yeah, for whatever they think that the school is going to somehow spoil the kids to. or yeah, yeah, ruin them somehow is I know, generally I don't think the way it's it goes. Rare, right. I don't think it's rarely ever the case that someone is like, well, they're not getting as quality of an education as I could give them. Correct. Like, how yes. often is it that scenario? Yeah, it's, it's very rarely that scenario because who can do that? that, that that's right. And of course, we're both teachers, so we're biased about it. <laughs> yeah. But like, 
I yeah, but you're specialized in something, right? Yes, exactly what I was saying. Uh, yeah. If it was about like computer science and engineering, great. I really don't know that anybody could do better than me. Can I teach yeah. them French? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? And like they, they need to be well-rounded. They need to have a whole education. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's a very interesting situation. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens to them. I, you know, Jessica just seems like I don't know. She's kind of a she's not obviously a hot mess, but it's like when you start digging a little bit, you're just like, wow, she just I don't know, is making yeah. some bad decisions. Well, I'll and... tell you what gave it away from me was mm-hmm. the part where she was like, I don't know, I guess the DOC just hates me. So that must be it. And like that is always a red flag to me. It was the people yeah. who complain about how they just hate me for no reason. I can't figure it out. It just must be their problem. And it's like, I feel like they don't there's reasons. of our relationship. Which it's they like... shouldn't. Like, it's obvious <laughs> yeah. that you quit your job so you could date this inmate. And they're like, no, we're not allowed to do that when you're working. We know you probably already hooked up with them beforehand. So, no, you can't see the inmate that you were working with before you quit. No. Right, like, right. It's funny to me the other um, couple that we had where she was a corrections officer. I, I can't remember her name. It was it Courtney and Josh. Right, the pickle. Yes, the pickle. Uh, she was really funny to me because it's like she didn't want them to know. So she would wear random wigs. <laughs> yes. And they were like just saw through it immediately. <laughs> right. But it's like, oh, well, maybe, Jessica, you could uh, do that. You know, say you're someone else. Yep. All right. So moving on, let's get to the other new couple. And that is um, Mark. So Mark is 29 <laughs> years. I know we're going to get to that. Oh, 29 years old and lives in Las Vegas. Him and his friend Jeremy are getting ready for something, as he tells us about himself. He says he's done everything under the sun, from software engineering to producing music festivals. And at this point, I I have to stop and tell you the outfit that he's wearing during the Mm. interviews. It's a visual medium, but yes. (laughs) So he's got like a gold shirt on, and he's got like the collar flapped outside of his jacket. And the jacket is like a sparkly blue paisley blazer. So it's certainly a choice. Anyway, um, he wants to pick Jeremy's brain because Jeremy is the only person he knows that spent any time in prison. And I'm not sure how close of friends they are because he says they know each other through his killer parties. So they get, to, the, they get to more details. Mark leads with how he makes $600,000 a year, but still likes to save money by driving cheap cars and dating women in prison. Because it's way more easy to impress somebody by adding $50 to their books than it is to spend a $200 dinner on somebody who might not care. Plus, he says he's also struck out on Tinder or he keeps not saying Tinder. He keeps like, you know, when I'm on, t- I mean, dating apps. So <laughs> doesn't want, doesn't think that it's a dating professionals is appropriate and nah. um, isn't attracted enough to hook up with models. So only other option is prison. So he's talking to Jeremy to prepare for his first video call with his new inmate. Like Ty, Mark has a whole spreadsheet of all the women he's messaging and, and talking to in prison. And the one that he has his eye on right now is Sincere, who spells her name very uniquely and apparently shot up her grandmother's house. Oh, She's in prison in Washington, is in there for, I th- assume, Washington State, and is going to yeah. be there for 11 years. Mark says he's never shot up a house, but maybe that's just the yin to his yang and opposites God. attract. <laughs> so the video call starts and he compliments her makeup and looks before asking about what she wants in a future relationship. She says that her plan is to leave everything about her toxic past behind, and she's pretty go, in the, go with the flow when it comes to relationships, and then the video cuts off. 
So she almost immediately calls on the phone and he's turned on because it's, he likes the sound of danger in her voice. So Jeremy thinks that Mark is crushing this call, but doesn't know specifically what this girl is going to change about when she gets out. Because if she's not going to change and going to fall into her own ways, what's the point of this? Okay, so we started offline before we started recording. You told me you had many, many issues with uh, Mark. So I'm just going to let you talk about some of them. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so he was talking about, you know, how he um, doesn't vibe with, like, professional people or, you know, uh, people on Tinder or whatever, dating app. Mm -hmm. And... I, I was like, or he said he didn't have much luck. And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally know what it is without knowing what it is. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just gives off this vibe. There was everything, like, what he talked about, how he presented himself. This guy is pure bullshit. And oh, even sure. if it's actually legit, like, if he actually makes as much money as he, what did he say, $600,000? $600,000 a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said he makes $600,000 a year. But then he also said he paid uh, or he pay, or drives around in his $3,000 Prius. It's like this guy grossly exaggerates things, right? I yes. doubt he paid $3,000 for his Prius. I mean, if he bought it used, he might have. Super, super used. More than 10 years old. Yeah. Fair, right. right. So it's just like. I don't I don't buy anything this guy is saying. And so it's like you can just tell from the very beginning, like this guy is pure bullshit. And it's sure. like no one wants to date someone like that. It's like be real with people. And so even if, like I said, he is real, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he bought a three thousand dollar Prius. Maybe he does make six hundred thousand dollars. Um, I kind of have a feeling he works for like maybe a startup or something and the company makes that kind of money. You know, he does like festival stuff like kind of. Oh, like yeah, I could totally see him right. counting all of his like um, stock options at their highest point mm -hmm. and saying, mm -hmm. well, that's what I made this year. I have that. And it's like you actually don't have that money. But right. Yes. So I, I just this guy, it's like even if he is legit, he doesn't come off that way. He comes sure. off as someone who is bragging. He comes yes. off as someone who is trying to impress other people. Um, he's just, yeah, just everything about him just gives off like a very fake vibe. And that's why he's not attracting anyone who like he considers like normal in the real world. Well, yeah, sure. It sounds like he's trying to more or less he's trying to attract gold diggers, yeah. but doesn't want to spend money on them. And right, it's like, well, that right. doesn't. That doesn't work. Like going out and, and push, pushing forward with my, I make $600,000 a year, but I want to let you know, I don't spend any of it. Then it's like, okay, right. well, then you don't, then who cares how much you well, make? And that was the other thing that he was talking about is he was saying like, oh, you know, I'm spending $200, uh, $300 like on a dinner with someone. It's like, well, you're doing it wrong then. I'm I'm not even saying you have to like be going out to like fast food or something, you know, like uh drive through situation. Like you can get a legit meal for less than two hundred dollars. In Vegas, uh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, you right. could just make food at home, you know. It doesn't have to be like and and if it's a first date, if that's the concern, I know I have friends that are concerned about, you know, like, oh well, I don't want to spend a lot of money if I'm doing a lot of first dates, and I get that. So then sure. like Coffee is like a first date that's like pretty, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's, affordable. It's, it's pretty, I don't know. It's, I feel like that's always some of the advice you get is never 
don't commit to food on the first date because then you're stuck there with the whole meal for somebody. Like yes. if it's coffee, you can take 10 minutes and be like, nah, this isn't working and get on out of there. Like it's a meal. Right. You're stuck there for the whole meal and it's a lot more awkward. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, I don't know what he's doing, but it just it just seems like he said a lot of that stuff to make himself come off as really rich. And he so, yeah, and he he's going to attract, like you said, he's going to attract gold diggers. And so then he's like not having luck with that. And it's like, yeah, but look, you're leading with money. That's why you're attracting gold diggers. Yes. And and but he's like, but, but that's what I'm saying. He seems to think like I'm not attracting. And plus, you can be for six hundred thousand dollars a year. You can be very, very ugly and get <laughs> attractive gold diggers. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, he's not doing himself any favors, like, with how he's dressed, how he just presents himself. You know, it doesn't look like he, he look there's he gives off a very cheap vibe to me. Yes. You know? Tacky. It's tacky. It's very tacky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that that's but it, it's, if you want to project that wealth and, and success, you want to look sophisticated. And, and he that gold blue paisley number he was wearing did not yeah. look like that. Um, Okay, so let's get into his attraction to Censoré. Like, he said that he likes her the best because she has high testosterone. What the hell was that? First of all, what? I don't don't understand. Like, because she has aggressive energy? Is that what he's trying to say? Because... I don't know. High testosterone doesn't just makes you look more manly. Like, it doesn't actually change anything about you. Okay, so she reminds you of a... Dude, like, I don't understand why that's the selling point of her. It made no sense to me when he said that. Right. And, like, I forget what she said. She said something very nondescript. Like, I want to mm-hmm. get to know people before I commit to something. He's yeah. like, see, see, this is why I really like this one. And I was like, what? The part where he forgot to mute himself yeah. <laughs> before he said, like, to his friend, this is why I really like this one. And it was like, yeah. that she didn't actually say anything worth, like, no, it wasn't even notable to me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, see, that's it. That's what I love. It's like, okay. Right. Okay, so this to me, um, if we remember Stan, the yeah. very old Stan who used sure, to sure, play sure. up how much money he had and like would act like he's really I'm rich. I'm a multi-millionaire, blah, 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 but right. can't afford a good toupee, yes. And mm-hmm. we always wondered why, what was Stan's motivation for being on this show? This is my thought of Mark too. What is your motivation for being on the show? Is it, it can't be for the money because we've notoriously heard that these people, especially their first season, don't make hardly anything. Yes. Um, is it so you can get your name out there? So you're hoping people will slip into your DMs? Is it because, you know, you're trying to be an influencer? Like, I do not get this guy's motivation for being on this show. If if he really is all the things that he says he is. The chameleon that he is. I mean, he just seems like an attention whore. Like, yeah, he does. And this is more attention. Right. But then the other thing that like, okay, yes, uh, I think that that is a motivation for him being on the show. But I feel like he would never say that. Of course. Because he seems to think like the other thing he had said about dating like influencers is he's like, I'm not flashy or cool enough to like date an influencer or something. But he might be if he's on a TV show. God. Heaven right. Helped that all that might open up. It might open up new things for him. It's just the whole thing where it's like I wasn't sure if he was trying to say like I don't think it's appropriate to date people from work, which is totally legitimate. Mm-hmm. But he was just like I don't think it's appropriate to date people in the professional world. So he's like, oh, so you're just so specifically people who have jobs. Pe- taking off people <laughs> who have jobs and 
their shit together. Those people are just off the table for dating. It's inappropriate to date people who have their shit together. We're just going to stop that off right now. Yeah, that yeah, that was super bizarre. Um he's i don't but like i said i don't think those people that he's talking about anyway are going to date him anyway and so it's almost like he's trying to reject them before they reject him yeah oh to, probably i just i just imagine going on a date with this guy and he just will not shut up about himself yes but, agreed mm-hmm. yeah just everything honestly if i came across this guy like even on a tinder i'd be like nope oh no let it be a hard left swipe yes yeah and he's not even okay and like i know you had said something about like his physical appearance before and you're just like not really into it he's not a terribly unattractive oh guy. no certainly not certainly he's, not he's looks a little more aged for being 29 <laughs> he, and uh, his, his the way he styles himself kind of gives mm-hmm. away gives like a little dirtbag vibe yeah, definitely. And but, I think that is, to me, what would be But like, I think if, he, if no. he if he just styled himself differently, yeah, totally not an ugly dude. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. But there's things that, yes, room for improvement there. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, Chelsea and Mikey. And uh, it's actually a very short segment. Chelsea is driving and she's upset and late for work. Sarah, Chelsea's co-worker, is annoyed Chelsea is so late to work because that meant that Sarah had to do all her work for her. And Chelsea tells Sarah that she got a text from Courtney, Mikey's sister, saying that Mikey had had a mini stroke and they're taking him to the hospital. When Chelsea is texting Courtney for follow-up questions, Courtney says that service is kind of spotty so she can't really respond. Sarah thinks that this all sounds very suspicious and she thinks that the texts are basically bullshit. She then says Chelsea needs to move on because nothing about Mikey seems right. Chelsea tells us that Sarah thinks he's a catfish since they never met Mikey before. And Chelsea is just really upset that Sarah seems to be so judgmental about their relationship. So that's all we really heard about Mm -hmm. them. Uh, Do you think that all of that sounded kind of suspicious? Um, Something was suspicious there. Um, So I couldn't figure out how old is Mikey? I mean... Young to be having strokes, right? Yes, yes. He's uh, I think he's in his thirties. Okay, so but what struck me when I hear like someone in their thirties has a stroke, I automatically go to drug abuse, right? Sure. Okay. And yeah. so, to me, like the last time, I'm suspicious either that this happened mm-hmm. or from last time when he was, she was like, no, no, he doesn't do drugs, no drugs, he's totally clean. Like mm. one of those two things is bullshit. Okay, what I thought seemed kind of, like, suspicious is that uh, does this really even happen in real life when you are texting someone a very serious, giving them very serious news over text? And it's like, you're going to waste your follow-up text without an answer, but, sorry, service is spotty. Why aren't you answering their question (laughs) instead? Instead of wasting your text on can't text, that doesn't make any sense that, to me. Okay, I'm fair with that. I mean, I could, I could see. Sorry, services spotty. Period. Answer the question. Right. 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 Sure. <laughs> so like, they'll know. Oh, I might if, not be able to get back to you, or right. you know. But answering the question, like that, to me is what do, that seems suspicious. Uh, or me. was she saying? Because I didn't think about it until you were doing the summary. Was or was she saying the service was spotty in the hotel they were in? So she wasn't mm-hmm. sure if she was get if she was just saying that, you know, I was I was gonna say out loud, but she specifically did not say it out loud. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, if she was just saying, "Oh, I don't know if she's texting me back yet because the service is spotty here." Yeah. Like, who was saying the service? Where? Who is the service spotty for? 
Right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't know, because all of this is over text message. Right. So, yeah. And we didn't see. A lot of times when there's text messages, they'll show us the screenshot. Well, but... Sarah, Chelsea's co-worker, she, like, kind of demanded to see the text messages because def- Sarah was not happy. Yeah, she was, she was not like, this not add up. To... Yeah, right. I, waited, I waited for you. I cleaned this whole room by myself because this nonsense, bullshit. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. So she wanted to see the text. She was like, prove it. And she never really, Chelsea never really showed her her phone, but she read off the text. Yeah, I mean, it's just we have our first very sketchy thing. Well, that's going to end up being, at least in the previews, is going to be like, wait, is he even in prison? Like, oh, what happened? Where did he go? <laughs> yeah, it was interesting, too, because this was a segment where we never really got too much of what Chelsea thought about it, like in the interview part. Sure, sure. And I, I just it, I wonder if it's going to start giving us vibes like um, because I feel like I remember love just the second season of this. So we had yes. a few people. We had your indie, your Ty, who came back for peak right. customers. But a lot of people who didn't come back, remember, they were like, I remember the weirdo fitness guy yes. from D.C. who could never even get his person on the phone. Yeah. And then we had that other one who found out that her person just like was out of prison already and living with somebody else in Georgia. And she was like, oh, what? Right, what? Right. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so I wonder if we're going to keep getting a, more, a few more of those every season on this. It's, you know, newer show. So we don't know the beats of it quite yet. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because uh, for some of them, we do get like audio interviews with the partner. And it's like, well, you know, because it makes it seem like, oh, okay, audio interviews because you can't really do interview interviews in prison. Right. Well, I guess you could for some of them. Uh, we had like some... Dalton, I think, had video. Oh, he did that. was in prison. But he was doing like the phone thing, right? The, right. Through yes. the glass. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we've had a couple of like the phone through the glass interviews. But this guy, he's been on, uh, Mikey's been on phone interviews. Um, or an true. audio interview. And yeah. so it's like, well, is he in prison or are they just playing that angle up and he's not in prison? Yeah. Just have his friend be like, this is a collect call from. Right. <laughs> well, and the other thing, too, is that fitness dude, we never heard from his partner. Like, no, we never heard from her at all. Yeah, we no, never we got an audio interview. No, we just saw the same like five pictures over and over right. again, which right. is better than this time. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to the other short segment, which was Melissa and Louie. So we start with Melissa trespassing on the campus of her old high school, showing us the stairwell where Louie and his loser friends would skip class. And also the street people used to awkwardly make out in, in cars right next to the school. (laughs) Junior Drive is what it was called, because the juniors parked there. Like, she really wants to bring him back to, like, I don't know, make out with him or bang him on or near the school grounds, which... Feel like she needs to work on with a therapist. God. But she leaves and goes to one more spot, the house that Louis lived in in high school. And that's where all the magic happened. For him. Not her, just him. <laughs> so it's from here that she gives him a call and tells him where she is. Louis thinks that, haha, that's funny. You should call my mom and tell her because she would get a kick out of it. Now, Melissa, though, is super intimidated by Louis's mom and doesn't really want to call, but does it anyway. So her name is Donna, and she doesn't even know who Melissa is. <laughs> she's like, where'd you get this number? Who are you? Melissa? I've never heard of you before. Let alone why she's standing outside of her old house. Right. So they talk a little bit about how she's dating um, Louis and how Melissa wants to come down to Georgia to visit him when he gets out. And, you know, she also wants to meet with Donna, but Donna warns her that this 
is not going to go the way you want. I'm a very tough customer, um, which is something that Melissa had already heard. So again, pretty short segment we're going on. What's the creepiest part of all this? Because I thought it was just all very creepy behavior. Uh, it was creepy behavior. That was the very first thing I thought of. I was like, how does she know where he lives? Where he lived in high school. Well, okay, yes, but yeah. yes. So, I mean, they obviously the family doesn't live there anymore, but it's like, how does she know? Yeah. Did he ever tell her? And then when she met up with her sisters um, later, you know, to tell them about, you know, uh, that she was going to go down to visit Bang Louie, whatever she was like trying to tell them. Um, it was like, it was obvious to them. They even called him Hot Louie. So I feel like she's just been talking about him since she was in high school. Yes. And it's just like this, all of this is kind of creepy very it's very creepy so uh, the house thing i imagined because it seemed to me that you know louis was the hot guy with the you know trouble bad boy who was also I super popular don't know so, where the hot dude from my high school lived my god okay but i mean i'm putting it this way because he probably had all the big parties Oh, maybe. I don't know. With his mom, Donna, being up ta- Italian lady, as she oh, put it. She, I, bet she, I bet she would go out of town and he'd be like, raise your Donna's house. Let's go. <laughs> like, I don't think Don- – I think Donna is the kind of mom that's very forgiving of everything he does, but, like, mm-hmm. super accusatory of anybody who's messing with her son or whatever. Oh, okay. Like, sure. I could, I could totally see that. But, yes, I can I, – I, the only people I know where they lived in high school – is because they were my friends and I went to their house. Yes, they like, invited yes. you. They invited me to their house. Exactly. Sure, sure. Actually, there's been a couple situations like um, I I want to say when I went to a private school, we had like a school directory, right? And so that had everybody's address and like phone number in it. And then when I was at public school, that definitely didn't happen. But I did have a teaching job. Um, at a public high school where they did give out a directory, not of everyone, but of everyone who volunteered to be put into this directory. So they had this printed out directory of like people's addresses and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe they were a school that did something like that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now that you say it. Yes, I do remember because I did go to a private high school mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm pretty sure we did that. That's how I got people's phone numbers sometimes. Yes. Right. Yes. And um, because you'd have to like have to give you a phone number, you'd have to remember it. And be like, I can't remember what they told me. I'm just going to look it up in this book. Or yeah. knowing just like my, my phone number's in the book. Just look it up, right? Yeah. Um, But yeah, public school. But my kids' elementary school did the opt-in directory yes. thing, uh-huh. um, which was more for the parents to like, you know, so you could organize. Right. Not to stalk people. My God. Not to stalk people. Correct. <laughs> right. The parents could organize like, you know, carpools or, you know, aftercare or whatever. It's like things like that. Yeah. And, and also because kids are always really bad. They're like, can I go over to Jenny's house? And you're like, who's Jenny? How do right. I know their parents? I don't know. Who are you yeah, talking I mean, you about? get a hold of them. And yeah. well, where are you exactly? I'll come pick you up. Well, yeah. Well, in high school, yeah. I'm talking about when you're in elementary school and the second oh, grader sure. comes over and is like, oh, I, I arranged a play date with my friend. And I'm like, which friend? <laughs> Who are you talking about? Like, when are we going to do this? How am I going to get you there? I guess I'll have to look up their parents and call them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see that being helpful. But yeah, but to like go back to the high school and be like, this is the stairwell. Like, that is way too stuck. Like, way too stuck to to, to go back. And, and like, because you're talking about like 
16-year-olds making out. Why are you thinking so much about 16-year-olds making out? You need to stop. Right, right. Yeah, uh, we'll see how far this goes. I feel like uh, for her part, just the idea of being with him will make it better. But I don't know, like, what his whole motivation is. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if it's going to be the, the part where they, they do get together and they do hook up and they do, you know, spend some time together and it really disenchants her with be like, oh, he's actually a loser. <laughs> I don't know if it will. I think it's more likely that they would get together and that he's just not that serious about her. Right. And she's oh, the totally. one basically, you know, oh, we're going to get married. Oh, like all this other stuff. And he's just kind of like, oh, like I. You were just someone who was always there and I was bored, you know? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's very – I could very easily see many guys being like, oh, this woman's basically throwing herself at me. So, yeah. sure, why not? Yeah. Like, <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, let's move on to Ty and Hottie and <sighs> BB Other people. and apparently Dante. <laughs> So, Ty is excited because she's looking forward to planning a wedding. She's still talking to other inmates, but hasn't added any new men to the roster, so she's considering herself faithful. Ty is going wedding dress shopping with her friend Brittany, who she calls a Debbie Downer because Brittany wants her to get married to someone in the real world. Ty says that her dream wedding would be in a mansion, but it's going to end up being in a prison cafeteria. Their wedding has been approved, so they will get a date in the next 30 days. Ty tries on a black dress because, you know, she's a mortician. And all of a sudden, she just breaks down crying because she thinks her arms look fat. While she's having this breakdown with Brittany right there, Bibi calls to ask why she hasn't put money on the books for him. Brittany, she's confused what's happening. And Ty says that, you know, Bibi, he's just a friend. Brittany thinks those are regret tears. Uh, Ty tries on another dress and actually likes this one, but she's still a little teary. Brittany reminds her that she doesn't have to get married so soon, but Ty just wishes her friends would be more supportive. Back at her house during the commercial break, Ty's dad, Lucius, is looking at Ty's insane vision boards, and he is taken aback by how detailed it is. He uh, believes she can't really be in love with Hottie if she's got FBI-level info on so many other men pinned to her walls. Ty is frustrated that everyone seems to doubt her. Ty asks if he likes her ring, and he mocks her what he refers to as a $12 ring. Later, Ty's cousin uh, asks Ty to stop by because she needs to talk. Ty kisses her bears named Hottie, Bibi, and Dante goodbye as she leaves. Ty goes to the studio, uh, music studio, to meet up with her cousin Michelle. Michelle uh, bursts her engagement news when she says that she was talking to Hottie last week about music and stuff and he was talking about being engaged but never mentioned her name and she thinks that he mentioned the name Boston. Hottie doesn't know that Michelle is Ty's cousin so he didn't think that this would be you know relayed to Ty at all. Ty is mad. She is also confused about what his plan is. Ty says she needs to figure out what the deal is from Hottie's cousin. Michelle thinks that Hottie is a dog just trying to get what he can, but she also knows that Ty is crazy, so this isn't going to end well. (laughs) All right, so what is Hottie's plan? Because they've already applied to get married, and this could be happening within 30 days. Do you think he also has the same application with Boston? Uh, Probably. 
Um, I, I I do think his is just like, hey, I'm just going to keep this going with both of them and they'll figure out who it is. Well, okay. They'll figure out who the winner is. I don't but have to worry about it. prison, like, do you just say you're getting married too and you don't even have to say their name? I don't know. Or does he have to put in one application? For- he probably put in two applications and he's just going to see which one the prison approves. And that, I guess that's who I'll get married to. <laughs> oh, my like- gosh. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> okay, if you're in the prison, what would you do? To me, it would be like, well, would it be the first one or the second one? Because you're like, oh, the first one must have been a mistake. So we're going to go with the one that was sec- sent second. Oh, no. I think the prison probably, and I think Hottie's banking on this, rejects them both. Oh, interesting. No, no, but she said it was already approved. They just have to set a date. Oh, I thought she said they were waiting for it to Yeah, be no, she said the wedding has been approved, so they'll, they have to get assigned a date. Because apparently, uh, you know, the prison cafeteria is very uh, a hot reception place. <laughs> yeah, they have to wait. It's in high yeah. demand. High demand. You got to get yeah. that. You got to, yeah, you really got to get your venue nailed down first. That's the most right, important part right. of planning a wedding. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I mean, I think he's lying to her. Like, I don't know who the pro- approval goes to. It's probably not her. It's yeah. probably him. So he's like, oh, yeah, it's totally approved. Like, because he's full of shit and he lies about everything. Yeah. Um, but it's like, OK, but you're going to find out really quickly if you're saying like, oh, the date's going to be in the next 30 days. Just be ready. It's like if that doesn't happen in the next 30 days, it's like that's that's not a, I don't that's know, not babe. a smart I don't know, but, lie, I should what, say. I mean, how – yeah, but I mean, he's gotten away with so much already. Why would he not think he gets away with whatever he wants? Like, she'll be back. Whatever. I can tell her whatever. But I'll, I don't even need – doesn't even need to be believable. Like, I'll just tell right. her something and she'll be mad for a while, which mad with a madness that I literally don't have to deal with yeah. at all. She's going to fight people on the outside and then she'll come back and she'll be back. Why would I have to worry about that if I'm hottie and I'm as uh, unscrupulous as hottie? Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I really, really wish this was like a Michael, Sarah, whatever, Megan situation where we got all the women's point of view. Like, Boston's already been on this show. Like, I want to see what's going on with her. I hope they yeah. show that. But Boston, Boston, even when she was on the show, doesn't actually give us any kind of in-depth insight about how this title. She's just like, I'm Hottie's girl. This other one needs to go, needs to step right. out. Like, but if they signed her up to like be a cast member, sure, you yeah. know, and then they were also following her around, I think that would be very interesting. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I just always kind of want to feel bad for Ty, but then remember all the shit that she's doing, yeah, and why exactly. she's also awful. And I was like, oh no, but you're literally doing the same thing to him. So how can you be this upset about this? Yeah. Literally every time, it's like you're. Honest to God doing the same thing to right. the point where she's like answering the phone calls in front of her friends in a wedding dress. Yeah. Lying about like what she's doing, like what she's shopping for. Yeah. It's like if that was really your friend, like I don't I'm surprised Brittany didn't pick up on it. Like he, he hot or BB asked, what are you doing? She's like shopping for what? And I forget what she said, but it wasn't she didn't say it, wedding dress shopping. No, that she was did really not. her friend. She would have said wedding dress shopping. Yes, right, right. She because a friend would have known. Like she told that other was that who was it that was in the room with her later, Brittany. No, in the in the room with the with the dream board and oh, everything. Oh, Lucius, her dad. Yeah, her dad, her dad. Like, there. I mean, she's not keeping that secret from her dad, right? No, dad was concerned. Dad was very concerned. <laughs> I mean, no matter what it is, it's like it's it's very clear to me that that what Ty needs is. 
years and years of very intensive therapy. Yeah, <laughs> like, that hypnotism was just the beginning of it. She needs Yeah, well, the hypnotism that. and the way she put on the dress and then started crying, crying about her arms, which was weird because she didn't even take her shirt off underneath the dress. And it was like a whole thing. Like she had it – was, it was a strapless dress, but you could see her tank top was on under it. And the dress yeah. didn't fit, because which is probably why they kept the shirt on. But just like – crying about her arms and it's like you she didn't like how she looked in it so she was crying so much yeah randomly getting these huge sobbing like yeah sessions is not a good sign right like you shouldn't be that upset about your arms you probably just saw them earlier than the day you know when you're getting well that's what i'm saying they didn't look any different than they looked when she was wearing her shirt because the dress didn't change her arms at all right and yeah she just has there's so much clearly wrong there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you need to, she just needs to be out of the dating pool for a very long time. Yeah. Doesn't she have kids? <sighs> yes, I think so. Yeah, because I remember last season that she was on. I don't think her kids were on camera specifically, but I remember her. They were in the house or something like that, and she had to leave the house, and she was just like, "Oh yeah, up oh yeah." She, she told. Remember, she told this, the lie about like there was a, her kids started. A, she started the ramen on fire or something, yeah. and the there was a fire in the microwave. And <laughs> yeah, she's such a liar. Yeah, yeah. But, well, that's yeah. the thing too. Is like I don't. You want me to feel sympathy for you because someone's lying to you, but yeah. I really find it hard when you're lying to everyone. Right. Like to right. be like, well liars get lied to well, i don't know what you want me to tell you yeah yeah definitely all right so finally i have justine and michael so while driving in the car with <clears throat> her mom and kids justine is still not sure about how she's going to break the news to everyone else tonight that she and mike are getting married tomorrow so we learn that he's been locked up for six years on drug distribution charges and they make sure that we can see then they get to a restaurant and they make sure they get a real good shot of how high the slit in her dress goes because oh she gets gosh, out of the car and I'm pretty sure you can see her underwear. Yeah. Um, so anyway, when they're about to, they're going to be meeting with Mike's family and that's where she plans on breaking the news. She's very nervous about it. So they get there first and they put a picture of Mike at the head of a table and then everyone gets there. And we have like her family lined up on one side of the table, Mike's family lined up on the other side of the table. And after a little bit of awkward small talk, Justine stands up to give a toast that's interrupted by Mike calling. So she puts him on speaker and he breaks the news to everyone. Although it's on a speakerphone, so not everybody can hear it. And it kind of has to get passed down the table like telephone style. (laughs) So then mom doesn't take it great and has to excuse herself from the table. And then we come back later. And once he said that they want to get married, his sister takes the phone and tells him that she's hurt that he didn't mention this sooner. So mom feels the same way. They had a little bit of a a continuity issue here because when we come back, mom's still at the table (laughs) and wants to know why he didn't tell anyone. So he says that he was just he was didn't want to be questioned by everybody. So his sister, whose name I missed, by the way, mm-hmm. is also offended that Justine's side of the family already knew and no one on Mike's side knew. So it feels super unfair. And they understandably wanted to know earlier than, you know, the night before. So and then we're left with Justine, who's worried that this might be a wedge that comes in between her and, you know, her in-laws at this point. Okay, so we're already stuck to the point where she's waited too long, right? And there's no other, no later time to tell him. So Mm -hmm. taking that for granted was, you know, having Mike do it on speakerphone the best way to kind of 
do it in this moment? Yeah, probably. But I think that he could have done his part to really give more context of why he was telling them then and then like put it on himself. Right. Because I think what the issue was is that Mike gets on this call Hey, I'm getting married. Okay, I'm out of time. Bye. Yep, peace out. You know, and then poor Justine is stuck here, you know, having to deal with everyone being in shock. Like, why didn't we know before? Well, that's really on your son or your brother because, you know, it shouldn't be on Justine. It really should be on Mike to tell his family. That's true. That's true. It is. It is. I'm thinking about the outside, right? If I would, if I was getting married, I would tell my family. Mm -hmm. My partner would tell their family. Right. Like I would, I would not be responsible for telling my partner's family. Right. Exactly. And so Mike's sister, you know, for, I mean, she didn't say it out like directly to Justine, but to kind of feel like she's blaming Justine for not knowing it's like, it shouldn't be on Justine. So it's like, but what Mike did, and I get it that it's not, it wasn't his intention to do this, but it's like he just kind of dropped a bomb and then peaced out for the aftermath. Yes. And he dropped it like a bomb. Like yeah. it was no like kind of easing into that. He was like, hey, everybody, I just wanted to let you know uh, we're getting married tomorrow. Like, yeah. wow, there was no easing into that. No much. You know, I brought up thanks everybody for coming. And, you know, I have some big news, like nothing, nothing to kind of get well, him into you know, it. No. When you're on, a, you're paying for those minutes. <laughs> you know, you got to get in and out. <laughs> news tomorrow, married, done. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's basically what happened. So I feel bad that Justine was in that situation kind of being um, kind of put on that. Um, but, you know, her and Mike have had time to talk about, you know, why he didn't say anything. You know, sure. so at least she could have maybe defended herself a little bit and got some insight as to why it was a secret. And I'm kind of confused about the timeline of this because – I thought that when she had met up with the family in the hotel room, that... That was already the night before? Yeah, that was her last chance to tell them. And so I was like, wait, there... But I do also remember on her way to the hotel room that she said that she would tell them at dinner. Mm. But then she went so to the hotel room. That might have been room. in the morning. The, the, the hotel room might have been like when they got there in the morning and then they had dinner later. Right. Maybe. Yeah. So I don't know. It just it kind of felt like I I don't know that she they made it seem like, oh, last week was the last chance that she had to tell them. But clearly not. Yeah. I mean, the thing that gets me is like, oh, well, I mean, it makes sense that the sister was upset because when you when you've been lied to and this is a, mm-hmm. this is a lie. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a lie of omission, which counts. Um it's really, really hard to not also feel something for the people that knew the truth and didn't tell you. Right, right. Right. Like, I mean, it, it, you know, most extreme scenarios, if you've been cheated on and like everybody knew but you, you're mad at the people that knew yeah. too, right? And so you do get it where it's not obviously not their fault and it's not really their place to tell you. This is obviously not, you know, getting married is not being wronged in the same way as cheating. But then it, it is kind of hard to be like, you guys knew this all along? Yeah. Like, seriously? And and we're sitting here surprised that that does hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they, I, it looks like all the family isn't very happy about this, but who knows? You might get a wedding next week. <laughs> Maybe. I guess we're, we're, we got. I hope they 
It's supposed to be the next the next yeah, it's morning. Supposed to be the so next I, day, I hope yeah. they don't like drag the ne- this this night on for like three or four episodes. Oh, gosh, who knows? Okay, so out of your group, uh, who would you consider your student of the week? So I went with Mike's sister because mm-hmm. um, I went through all the main cast and they were all. So terrible, right? Not there or objectively terrible. Yes. Right? So this is going to be, I think, challenging to find student of the weeks for this this particular version of the show because we don't get to see their partner. So we already have half the people to choose from. And then the half that we usually see are not doing so well. Right. Right. So I, I did. I went with Justine um, because, you know, she I don't think it should be on her to tell the family. And she had to sit there and kind of deal with mm-hmm. kind of the aftermath of all this. And I thought she did. OK. Yeah, and in terms of his sister, I thought she did. She got very hard news that clearly Mm. very upset her, very much upset her. And she didn't blow up about it. We see so many people blow up or do something dumb or storm out. She was just like, I'm actually really hurt. And was like calmly explaining her feelings, which is for this show, like really, really good. (laughs) Pretty good. All right. So many dunces to choose from. Who was your dunce? Yeah, I I, I went with Jessica. Um, I did too. Just all of the dumb, impulsive decisions she makes. Mm. And- as a parent, like, I can't imagine being like, hey, I want to hook up with this dude. So can you move across the country with me to my kids? That's crazy. That's right. Crazy. Right. Like, that's a non-starter for yeah. me with my kids in some place. Like, can you uproot your kids and take them somewhere else? It's like, no, we're going to break up. Like, yeah. sorry, I, I'm not going to do that. Right. No, I agree. That's part of the reason why I thought she was worse than everyone else, even though we do have some terrible people this week. Um, yeah. It was because of the kids. You know, it's like mm-hmm. to have to uproot. It's one, and I mentioned this before, it's one thing to make a decision that affects just you. It's quite mm-hmm. another for you to make a decision that could negatively affect the people you're supposed to like be taking care of. That's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? Uh, my life lesson. I mean, I'm inspired, I suppose, by mm-hmm. uh, by what's by Mark. Oh God! Um, like, if you have, you should not have to be preparing this hard for a first meeting or a first video call or something <laughs> like that. It's it's not a job interview, and if you have to be that prepared for it just to go well, then that doesn't have good signs for the relationship yeah it was so funny to me his friend was like literally taking notes like i felt like he was taking notes of like because he's like tell me about your relationship and so it definitely it it definitely seemed like they were doing a job interview right and the two people taking the the person uh, one person doing the interview and the other person's like this is my colleague they're going to be helping out and you know if they have a question they're going to be able to answer and i thought that like he was writing potential questions or comments like on the pad of paper to like show mark to like say during the call like, yeah. I felt like that's what was happening. No, there. but he totally like chimed in with like questions of his own mm-hmm. as he was like literally writing down his answers like they're going to go back and analyze them later. It was super weird. Yeah. So my life lesson also directed at Mark, but a little bit of a different perspective from what uh, your lesson was. If you're ruling out entire populations of people from dating, you should have some serious self-reflection as to why and consider working on yourself. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on what your definition of a, um, of 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 entire populations like. Well, certain, like, the professional population. The profe- that's- I'm saying, especially if it's the professional population, I will I'll be honest, and maybe it is judgy of me, like the, um, people with active drug addictions. I'm writing that entire population off. Sure, <laughs> so sure, it, right. 
Yeah, but I'm talking about like the general majority of the population, I suppose. Yes, the, yeah. the professional population is is it's the general majority. There's uh, certainly exceptions to that, but I mean, obviously there are. Otherwise, Mark would be dating no one. Right. Yeah. Depending on his definition of professional, but sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Okay, so we will be back uh, next week with the same group. I think with these two, we have officially seen them all because I think there were seven couples. Yes, so I think total. we've seen everybody now. Yes. Yeah, this week we did not see Emily and Dari, but uh, we'll be back with some subset of the seven that we've seen so far. Yep, we'll see everybody then. Okay, until then. All right. Okay, bye. Bye.